just right and man did it come out just right i was telling mark like i don't even care that you're a step and a half off from the rest of the bag boy band it's so bad it's good like i just i loved it uh and then the kids obviously i think it's so funny every year you can count on the parent section like y'all don't ever come up for worship but put your kids here and you will line up with your camera just re- uh, was that a shot i'm sorry i took a shot uh But I love it because I love that about Christmas. I just love this opportunity that we have to come together. And, you know, I've grown up in church. And so I've had all the different opportunities. I was joking uh, with some of the people in the in the band and some of the singers. They're like, are you going to sing too, Pastor? I said, hey, listen, this wouldn't be my first solo at a Christmas program. All right. Like I was a boy soprano at one point and then puberty hit and they didn't want the soprano no more. Uh, but like I've been a part of all types of productions, big and small and all types of Christmas programs and you know we all have things that we like uh, throughout our history and Christmas memory moments and uh, just these little bits but here's what I love most and this is what we were trying to convey to you this morning is every era has its music right every era has its songs and man I saw some of y'all like when that 70s one hit you got it to such a groove you went back in time I'm looking at PC he was back in his record store selling days I'm like okay I see you pastor like Like we just have those modes and that's what music often does and especially Christmas it it takes you back and so no matter your age some of you went back to the 40s some of you went back to the 70s some of you were like man I was an instinct person but I'm still gonna jive with the Backstreet Boys right now like you guys all had that moment but here's what we were trying to help you understand is the music changes but God is the same Right, like how we celebrate changes. We went from big bulbs to light bulbs and we went from color to white and whites back to color and you got all those renditions. But what we've been trying to communicate this entire month is that it's the same God, just a different day. This is the same God and just a different day. And that's why even like in our little skit as they kept talking about it's the 90s, it's the 80s, it's the 1800s, which I guess the whole world had British accent in the 1800s. Right, I just think it's so funny. Like even when they do like movies on like gladiators and, and ancient Greek, I didn't know the Greeks had English accents. But uh, so, so you have this moment, right? All those things change, but God is still the same. And, and, and that never changes. As a matter of fact, uh, I want you to take a moment and look in the book of Matthew. Matthew records this moment where uh, Jesus is about to be born and he's being spoken to. And, and I want you to pick up on this. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 23, the angel of the Lord here is speaking and he's given some instructions. And he says, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he made in his mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
Now, Emmanuel, God with us, is we never see throughout the Gospels Jesus ever being referred to as Emmanuel. This is more of a title that he carries, the title that God is with us. And as we've kind of been going this whole month through Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, where it talks about Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What that says to me is Emmanuel, God with us, he is with us yesterday, today, and forever. Nothing changes in that aspect of God. And so I want to take a few minutes this morning to really lay this out for us because I think some of us might need a reminder or maybe an encouragement or maybe an opportunity to respond to this understanding that God never changes. Number one, if you're taking notes, this idea, Emmanuel, is God was with us in our yesterday. God was with us in our yesterday. A common question I think we've all asked at one time or another is, God, are you there? Listen, even those of us filled with the most faith, we've had those moments, maybe because of circumstance or maybe because of where you find yourself in a current situation, but we find those moments where we just, we can't help it, whether it's vocal or even just in our heart. We ask the question, God, are you there? Or God, do you care? Or God, are you even real right now? Because the way I'm looking at this situation, I just feel like I don't see you there. The, the way my circumstance is unraveling itself, I'm wondering if you're gonna even be here anymore. But here's what I love about hindsight, is hindsight brings clarity to things you didn't see in the present. See, I think sometimes the, the most clear uh, moments of understanding of God's presence and movement comes in hindsight, when we look back. In the moment, that can often be difficult, but as we look back, we can start to connect the dots and realize, wow, God, you were there in that moment. Yeah, when, when you were going through that horrible breakup in the sixth grade, <laughs> and, and you thought you'd never find another person in your life. And listen, that might be funny now, but in sixth grade, bro, you were screaming into your talk boy, crying up a storm, listening to boys to men on repeat. You were really going through it. <laughs> and listen, even in a more serious note, that, that breakup when you were an adult, where you thought, this is surely, this was the one, God, this is the one. And then you look up and you realize that that breakup eventually leads to you finding the spouse, the person that you were always supposed to be with. And you start to connect the dots and go, man, thank you, Lord, for not answering my prayer the way I wanted to. And listen, some of us, all due respect to our exes, some of us dodged some bullets. Some of us look back and we're like, whoo, thank you, Jesus. Better than anything I've ever found under the Christmas tree. I love you, wife. <laughs> listen, sometimes when we look back, those moments maybe where you lost your job, and in the moment, you're like, God, where are you? God, what are you doing? And then you look back and you realize how miraculously God provided for all the needs that you had. How sometimes, even in those moments, you know, I, I look back sometimes, my dad was telling me yesterday, he goes, when, when at first, my older two sisters, uh, Christmases were really rough, he wasn't making a lot of money, so what my mom would do is she would wrap this little gift that they already had in the house, and my sisters would give it to my dad, and he'd open it up, and he'd act really surprised, and then he'd look at my mom and say, now, now go hide it so we can wrap it again next year. We just didn't have a lot of money, but we always had great Christmas. We always had a great opportunity. Why? Because in hindsight, you realize, you know what? Maybe the money wasn't there, but God was there. And God took care of all those things that I needed. 
right? When you thought you'd never break that habit, when you thought you'd never get over that addiction, when you thought you'd never get out of where you go. But I want you to take a moment and understand, you may not be where you want to be, but let's thank God that you are not where you used to be. You have come further and farther than you ever thought or imagined. And it's when we look back that we go, oh, there you were. I didn't see you in the moment, but I see you now. In John chapter 8, verse 56 through 58, Jesus is talking here. And he's talking to some priests, some, some leading religious leaders. And he goes, your father, Abraham, Abraham was this incredible figure to the Jewish people. This was the father of faith. This was the beginning of the Jewish people. He says, your father, Abraham, rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. The people said, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you have seen Abraham? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. Listen, God has pre-existed all of us. Everything, everyone. God was there, even in the moments where you felt like he wasn't. I mentioned on Wednesday, I kind of told the story a little bit about my wife and I and how we got together. And I, I talked about how she had a crush on me for almost two years before we even started dating, before I even had a clue. And, and in that moment where she realized that I did not have a crush on her for two years, she was pretty embarrassed. And I remember she kind of hiding her face and, and just felt, you know, she felt embarrassed. And, and I, I had to tell her, I said, no, 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 you don't understand I really believe God covered my eyes for those two years. I would have ruined it two years ago. I would have blew it six months ago. Like, I never saw you like that. I never looked at you like that. And now, like, when I look at it in hindsight, I'm like, I don't know why I never noticed her like that. But I think the Lord guarded my heart and he guarded my eyes from running ahead of something that I wasn't ready for. God did so much work in me that only I and the Lord know within those two years. And sometimes a blessing delayed is not a blessing denied. It's just God preparing you to receive the blessing that he wants you to receive. And it's hard in the moment, but when you look back in hindsight, you realize everything worked out the way it needed to work out because God was in the midst working it all out. God was there making sure that we didn't fumble it ourselves, that we didn't trip over our own feet. And it's so easy sometimes when we look back to realize God was there in my yesterday. Remembering that though, remembering that God was there makes it easier to know that God is here. You know what I'm saying? Remembering that he was there makes it easier to understand that God is here. Emmanuel is also God is with us in our today. Not only was he with us in our yesterday, but God is with us in our today. And sometimes it can feel like God is being distant in the present. Or we just don't feel him like we used to. We think about, oh, I remember when, when I used to come to Christmas services when I was a kid. And, and I was so full of faith and I was so excited to participate and, and to serve and to be a part of what God was doing in his kingdom. I just don't feel like I have the same faith that I used to. We feel like we used to have so much more or, or we trusted in God so much more. But listen, it's important for us to understand that we trust in faith, not our feelings. We trust in facts, not our feelings. And the fact is, God is still with you. Even when you don't feel him, See, that tingly feeling is not a barometer of whether or not God is there. 
And, and too many of us are led spiritually by the emotions, by the goosebumps, by, by the crying. My, my wife will always tell me, like, it doesn't mean anything if you don't cry. I felt so much pressure on my wedding day to force myself to cry because I felt like she was going to be disappointed. I'm plucking my eyelashes as she's walking down the aisle. I cried, but it was a very forced, not, it was fake. Um, <laughs> if you were at my wedding, you'd know that's not true. But, but again, I think sometimes we, we equate it being genuine with it being emotional. And that's not always true, right? That's not always true. The reality is more often than not, you're not feeling the goosebumps. You're not in this emotional, elated moment. You don't have someone like Dada or Ariel belting out notes that you can never imagine and goosebumps running up your shoulders. More likely than not, you got my voice echoing in your ear and that does not give goosebumps. But listen, we don't trust in the emotions because emotions wander. Emotions waver. Sometimes you feel like it, sometimes you don't. Those of you who've been married long enough, you understand. I always love my wife, but I don't always feel like that. There are moments where we're mad at each other. There are moments where we're coming at each other or we're you know, having an issue that we're trying to work through. But the fact is I'm committed to her and so I hold to that fact even when my feelings waver. Even when my feelings start to push me one way or the other. Because I've often heard people like, well, I just don't love my spouse anymore. And I look at it and go, so what does that have to do with anything? You're committed to each other. You work through it and you do what God's called you to do. And I'm not saying, listen, again, if you're in a situation that's abusive or that's, you know, whatever, like I'm not blanketed statement this, but more often than not, people are already thinking about jumping ship on relationships just because they don't feel the same butterflies they felt when they first got together. And for some of us, we think that our relationship with God has gone because we don't feel the same butterflies we felt when we first said yes to God. Listen, Psalm 139, verse 7 through 10. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, If I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. What is this psalmist saying? No matter where I am in life, whether I'm in a good place or in a bad place, you're in that place. Whether whether I'm on fire like I've never been spiritually before or I am so incredibly distant that, that I wonder if there even is a God, that doesn't mean that God suddenly has departed from you. There he is in the mist. There was a time I remember throughout my ministry journey, and I've been a pastor for over a dozen years, and so the truth is we go through these seasons where we start to waver and we start to wonder, am I even being effective anymore? Am I still called to this? God, do you still want me to do this? And I, I felt like I wasn't doing well. I felt like I was really struggling. I was, I was really contemplating what was going on, and, and I had all these different thoughts and emotions that were really starting to weigh on me. And then one day I get this incredibly long message from one of our students and everything she said hit every question I had about myself. It was as if the Lord in that little prophetic moment kept counteracting everything so much so that I'm literally weeping in the shower. By the way, best place to cry in the shower. Nobody could see it. Uh, but I'm just, I'm just weeping in the shower out of gratitude because I remember telling the Lord that's just what I needed to hear reminding me that you're still there, God. That no matter if I'm, I'm doing the best I've ever done or the worst I've ever done, God is with us today. And the third thing is this. Emmanuel, 
God will be with us forever. God is with us in our yesterday. God is with us today. And God will be with us forever. It's not just the the past and the present, but the assurance that God will always be with you. That's so important. Often our struggle is uh, wondering if one day we might do something to cause God to abandon us. And I think a lot of this comes from past trauma in our own lives. You know, maybe, you know, and I get it, but maybe you grew up and every time you got in trouble, mom and dad just told you to get out of the room and get out of their face. And so you're just kind of used to being distant from people when you don't do well. Maybe you've been rejected a number of times. Maybe uh, people who said they were going to love you and made all these grandeur statements and commitments didn't follow through with it. And so over the years, you've kind of gotten to the point where uh, even though somebody says it and commits it with the greatest of enthusiasm, you start to wonder, well, are you going to run out on me like the last people ran out on me? You say all these things, but I've heard all those things before. And so we start to wonder, are you going to do the same thing? Are you going to hurt me the same way that person hurt me? And so we take that kind of thought process and emotion and we apply it to God. Well, God, I I know what pastor said and and I know what other people have said and I know even what I've read, but I wonder what happens when I mess up. Well, what happens? Yes, I get there's grace for me when I first got saved, but man, I see some other people when they mess up and the church turns their back on them and and people start saying things about them. What's going to happen when I mess up? God, are you going to abandon me like everybody else abandons me? Are you going to continue to turn your back on me like everybody else turned their back on me? But I love what Isaiah says in chapter 41, verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God will. Not Pastor Joey, not your father, not your mother, not your best friend, not your neighbor. These are all people that can contribute, but it will be God who strengthens you. It will be God who helps you. It will be God who lifts you up with his righteous hand. Why? Because God's always going to be with you. God will be with you in the future. God will be with you. Yes, when you mess up, God is still there. God's not the kind of God that turns his back on you just because you messed up. That doesn't make any sense. God didn't turn his back on you before you got saved. Because the Bible tells me that while we were still sinners, meaning when we were in our worst of our worst of our worst, Christ died for you so that you could have reconciliation with him. So if he didn't abandon you at your worst, why would he abandon you when you messed up again? That just doesn't make sense logically that that God would somehow get fed up with you. Trust me, thank God that he has infinite patience. If we were God, we would abandon everybody. But that's not him. That's why the Bible says, I'm not a man that I would lie. I'm not a person that I changed my mind. The disciples, I wonder if maybe they felt the same thing after Jesus' eventual crucifixion and resurrection. You know, the Bible tells us that for a number of days after his resurrection, Jesus met with several people and he had several conversations, but eventually he came to a point where he was going to ascend where he sits now at the right hand of the Father. And so he's having this conversation with his disciples, this one last talk in person before he sends into heaven. And again, if I'm one of the disciples, I'm thinking, man, I've just dedicated the last three years of my life with you, man. I've been walking with you. I gave up everything to be with you. And I know you've been talking about this moment. I know you've been prepping us for this. But are you really going to leave us? And for many of them who, even when he died at first on on the crucifixion, they already thought he left them. 
<coughs> three days later, he comes back, and, and most of them are shocked, but I can't help but wonder, man, I already felt like you abandoned me three days ago, and now you're going to do it again. Now you're about to leave me. And I think Jesus, understanding their hearts, laid one good message to them right at the end. This is the last verse in Matthew 28, verse 20. Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And then he says this, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. <sighs> with you always. What about always? How about always? I'm with you always. See, here's what you got to understand. More often than not, actually, I could say 100% of the time, it's not God that abandoned you. It's you that abandoned God. But even when you do, even when you walk away, even when you've wandered off, even when you've gotten to a point where you're like, I don't even have that faith anymore. God is gracious and loving enough to say, I'm right here. Always. Well, what if I, I'm right here always. The time limit is not on God. It's on your life. You're the one that has to decide. Maybe I don't have always to come back to God. God will always be there. God will always be ready to the end of the age. But whether it's the end of the world or the end of your world, there is a timeline on this. There is a moment where you have to decide, am I going to get right with God or am I going to continue the way I'm going? Worship team, if you can help me out. Listen, I understand, and, and most pastors, we, we understand that at Christmas, a lot of people come to church out of an obligation. Maybe you're here because you want to appease your spouse or appease a parent. Maybe you're here because it's tradition, right? And you're what I affectionately call the CEO Christians. You're Christmas and Easter only, and, and you show up for those. And listen, I'm not knocking, and I'm grateful that you came. But while you're here, I need to speak truth to you. And then you can decide what you want to do with that truth. The truth is, Emmanuel does not mean God was with us, past tense. Emmanuel does not mean God is with us, present tense. Emmanuel does not mean God will be with us, future tense. Emmanuel means God with us, continuance tense. Well, I never learned continuous tense. I know past tense. I know present tense. I know future tense. Some of you didn't get to that next level of grammar. What's continuous tense? It's a tense of verbs used in describing action that is ongoing. Over 2,000 years ago, a child was born. A child named Jesus that would grow up to become a man that would lead a revolution and that would one day sacrifice his life so that you and I can have a relationship with God. The Bible tells us that the price for sin, and we have all sinned, is death. Something has to die in order to pay for the penalty that we've caused. And all throughout the Old Testament, we see that there is no blood sacrifice adequate enough to suffice the debt that we owe. And so God, at the beginning, right in the moment where sin entered into the world, he initiated a plan with the birth of his one and the only son that would live a perfect life being 100% man and 100% God and that would give his life. No one ever took it. He gave it willingly so that through his death, you and I might find life with Jesus. What does that mean? 
That means if you believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is and did what he said he did, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Christ is Lord, then you can be counted among those that are saved. Saved from what? Well, it's not just eternal damnation, although that's accurate. But man, it's saved from a life without God. See those moments when you've been in church and everything lit up within you? Those moments where you feel like you've been searching for something and looking for something to make life complete? That's the God-shaped hole that every human being is born with. And just like my little girls, when they're learning how to put square and square, circle and circle, triangle and triangle, only Jesus fits in the Jesus hole. That's the only thing that'll satisfy your soul. And it doesn't matter what else you try, because trust me, many of us have already tried all those things. There is nothing that can fulfill the God-shaped hole in your life, which is why Jesus was born in the first place, to be a sacrificial lamb for you and for me. And I need you to understand something. Emmanuel means God with us because he's never left. In Revelation chapter one, verse eight, Jesus speaks and he says, I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God, who is, meaning existing forever, who was continually existing in the past and who is to come, the almighty, the omnipotent, the ruler of all. God can be in the past, present, and future because he exists outside of time and he is not limited by any of the measures that we are limited by. And what's important to remember as we celebrate the coming of our Lord and Savior is to remember that one day he will come again. And when he does, the question remains, will you be ready to receive him? Will you be ready? And again, a lot of people are like, well, we've been saying that for years. I'll say it again. Whether it's the end of the whole world or the end of your world, one day we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and each man will receive what's due to him according to what he has done while in the body, whether it be good or bad. 2 Corinthians 5.10. So here's what I'd like us to do. I want you to bow your head for just a moment. I'm not gonna embarrass anybody. I'm not gonna ask you to get out of your seat and come up to the front. Please don't feel you know, awkward about any of this, but here's what I need to do. What we did this morning was not just to entertain you. It was to present something to you, an opportunity to say yes to a relationship with God. Honestly, I don't even care if you come back to this church because it's not about Belmont. It's about a relationship with Jesus. We want you to plug into a church. But if you're visiting, I want you to plug into a church back home. But the most important thing you need to do is to decide for yourself once and for all. This is nobody else's decision. This is you. Do I believe that Jesus is who he says he is? And I am willing to accept him as my Lord and Savior. I don't care what religion you are. I don't care if you grew up Catholic, Muslim. I don't care if you grew up Protestant. Ask yourself right now, in a very serious way, if I die today, would I see my Savior? And if the answer to that isn't yes, I'm going to give you that opportunity right here, right now, to change everything. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, sir, if that's you, ma'am, all I need you to do is signal me by lifting up your hand and I'm gonna walk you through the most important moment of your life. 
If that's you, just raise your hand. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you, bro. Anyone else? That's me, pastor. I want to accept Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Anyone else? I want to include in this. Maybe you've made this decision at some point in your life. But truth is, you've walked away from God a long time ago. And right here, right now, you are not living for God. But you want to get right. If that's you, I want you to again just join us by lifting up your hand. No one else is looking around. Don't worry about anybody else. It's between you and God. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Come on, I see you. one more moment this is what this is all for don't wait for me to call you by name this is your decision